Today's episode was actually recorded early this year in 2023. It was the second recording we ever did for the podcast, but I wasn't ready to share it with you until now. I wanted to have this open conversation with my dad about my weight because I know I'm not the only one who struggles with this. And, and I don't just mean weight, I mean the feeling of not being enough, not being the same as everybody else, not appreciating your own beauty. My hope is that you find something in my struggle and in dad's response to it that helps you with your struggle. This episode is truly from my heart to your heart. Hey, it's Ron Thiessen. Welcome to another episode of the Human Being Project by The Change Evolutionist, where my daughter Janelle and I explore the difference between being and doing. In a world of constant distractions, sky-high expectations, and the relentless pursuit of more, we examine what would happen if we made space for more being and less doing. The thing I want to talk to you about is something we never talk about together, which is weird. Because uh, we talk about everything. Yes, we do. Um, I want to talk about what the heck is going on in my brain with this weight story. Now, if you don't know me, I'm, you know, like 20 years now, I think, carrying a significant extra weight, like over 100 pounds of extra weight. So for me, this is, and it's been escalating over those years. It wasn't, you know, that the whole time. It's just a gradual increase. And no matter how many times I've, decided to address that like mentally I haven't done a lot of dieting or uh, different exercise regimes but I have dabbled in them I haven't been very uh, disciplined about that kind of stuff um, but you know like it's an issue it's it's a constant issue and I'm just wondering like what's my block like what the heck why can't I get past this this weight hurdle so how would you describe your relationship to food? It, you know, like, I don't feel that I have this crazy need for food all the time. I, But I could be, I, maybe I'm deceiving myself. You know, I do love certain things. I love bakeries. Bakeries are my jam. <laughs> <laughs> with jam? And fresh baked goods. Yeah, with jam. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, I'm thinking that it's probably a core issue when it comes to um, the area of indulgence. I have, I felt that, um, you know, when I was younger, maybe I didn't get all the things that I wanted. Mm. And so as an adult, I have always had the mentality, I can have whatever I want, whatever mm. I want. Even if it's vacations that I can't afford, um, it doesn't matter. If it's something on Amazon that I want, I deserve it. If it's the food I'm going to eat, the drinks I'm going to drink, I deserve them. So I think the core probably is an indulgence addiction. <laughs> hmm. And any idea where that would come from? Why? Why would? Why would indulgence be so important? Well, be, I think, in my opinion, when I was a kid, there was I. I wasn't, you know, at, as a disciplinary measure, things were taken. Right? You, yeah. If you don't behave or if you don't follow the rules. You miss out on trips, mm. you miss out on family dinner, mm. you miss out on all sorts of things, right? So to me, missing out means, I guess, I'm in trouble, or I'm not worthy, or I haven't earned it. Mm. And, you know, maybe 
maybe that's the the issue now. I don't know. Well, that that would be pretty deep rooted if it comes out of your childhood. Uh, then for sure, that that thinking is very difficult to break, especially on the subconscious level. And sometimes maybe that's what you experience. Um, what well, what you're describing right now is a certain level of maybe not frustration, but there's really something you would like to change. And you know, change is the most difficult thing that we as human beings do. And whenever you have a change, you're going to have some level of resistance. Uh, it could be lots of resistance. It could be just a little bit, but there's going to be resistance to making a change. And uh, in my experience working with people, if the change is being imposed on you from the outside, somebody's telling you, you really need to change this, your resistance will be at its maximum. Because, uh, you know, every one of us, we have, we have this independence inside of us. We want to, we want to decide for ourselves. We don't want somebody imposing on us what they think their value for us should be. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you've had, people that, uh, you know, were imposing something on you, telling you something that they thought you should do, or the way that you should look for them, I'm sure you, that your resistance is right through the roof. If we, if we have, uh, a, a, if we've sort of cognitively come to a place where we say, I really need to make this change. It's for my health. It's for the, for the better for me. Uh, our resistance will be lower than somebody imposing from the outside, but we're still going to have quite a bit of resistance. You know, it's like people that are prescribed medication. Uh, you know, th this study was done a number of years ago, looking at people who were prescribed medication and the doctor said to them, if you don't take this medication in the way that we're prescribing it, you will die. And even then, 70% of people are unable to follow through and do exactly what they need to do. So even when you cognitively you you're aware this is this really is the most important thing for me that resistance kicks in and and you know the the excuses for why they didn't well I forgot my prescription I forgot to take my medication I couldn't pay for my prescription this month uh, like all different kinds of reasons but the the fact is that they just didn't follow through even when their life was at stake now if if you can get to the place where you understand in your heart space, as we've talked about before, where the resistance is coming from, and you can identify, this is why I resist this particular thing. And you can come to the place where you go, so now when I look at that, the resistance just doesn't make any sense. Then you have a, a pretty good chance of being able to change whatever you want to change and finding ways to overcome that resistance. So you're very familiar uh, because you've worked on it with me too, uh, with different things. You're very familiar with the immunity to change model uh, brought up by Kagan and Leahy at, at Harvard. Uh, but this this model identifies where the resistance is when you're you're trying to face a change. So when I'm talking to you about this, I'm going to ask some things that fall in line with this model. We're not going to go through the model, but I, I'm going to ask some things that fall in line with this model and see if we can identify some of these areas of resistance. So let me ask you, first of all, do you have, you personally, and from your heart space, do you have a view of yourself uh, with less weight that you really desire to have? Uh, it's funny because uh, I was uh, sitting on a park bench this morning, looking out at the lake and thinking to myself, I know I'm going to talk to 
to dad about this today. And I know he's going to bring up the immunity to change model. (laughs) 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 That's funny. Um, I do not. That's interesting. You should ask that because I have never. I, I don't feel able to visualize myself as a smaller person. And yet at the same time, in my mind, when I'm talking to people or with my friends or whatever, it, I don't see myself the way that I'm presented in a, in a photograph. Like when someone takes a photo, I'm like, what? Mm. That's me. Mm. You know, like it just doesn't, it doesn't feel like who I see myself as on the inside, but at the same time, I don't see myself as a, you know, a thin, you know, athletic fit person. Have you ever given yourself permission to be exactly as you are? No. And why not? Um, because, mm, I mean, that's just, you know, not, I mean, there's a couple reasons. It's not physically attractive. Um, it's also not, I can't do things like I can't function in the ways that I want to with my body hiking or, or, or even just putting on my shoes, if I'm honest. So, okay. So can you separate any of the reasons that go through your mind about that? Um, can you separate what comes from, uh, others expectations of you and what really comes from your heart? Like for instance, if you told me, you know, I really know that if I don't lose some of this weight, I'm going to pay a hefty physical price later in my life. And I don't want to do that. I mean, my, my life might end early or I won't be able to do the things that I want to do. How many, how much of those reasons that you feel like you'd like to do something about this come from your heart space instead of something that's being imposed on you or something that even your mind is telling you, hey, you better do something here? I don't think anything comes from my heart space about this. So have you ever considered that maybe you should just give yourself permission to be exactly as you are? If I say that to you, what do, what's the first thoughts that come to your mind? Mm, well, my first thought is, of course not. Like this is unhealthy and I, and that would be giving up and that would be accepting a standard that's less. Like I, I just, you know, Let's face it, there's like a lot of uh, stigma, and I'm guilty of it myself, associated with being overweight. But but once again, that's external, right? Like if you if you were, you, you picture yourself, I, 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 you might have a hard time doing this, but picture yourself living in, in, in a place where you are completely alone. There's nobody around you. There's nobody looking at you. There's, there's nobody, nobody's giving you any feedback about who you are or what you look like. Would you, if you were in that situation, would you want to change something? You know, I don't think I'd want to change anything about how I looked. I think I'd want to change something about how I was able to move my mobility. Okay. But no, I don't think as far as I looked, I think I'm even now. Yeah, no, I don't think I would. Yeah, it would be more about how I can move my body, what I can do with it. Okay, so so there's a really big part of of what you're what you're wrestling with that has to do with external validation. 
So what if you gave yourself permission to be exactly as you are? And who cares what anybody thinks? Doesn't matter. That that like we talked about before, you know, that's you the way that you see yourself and, and how you feel inside. That's the most important thing, right? And and based on how you feel about yourself is the way you move in your world. Mm-hmm. Right. So if it was only the thing about wanting to move your body in ways that you that you feel like you can't right now, there are ways to accommodate that. And I know you you shared with me you started going to the gym. So yeah. if there if there's something that you're doing to uh, increase the elasticity of your body or your cap- capacity to move, and it's it has nothing to do with weight loss, then you've achieved your goal. You've achieved what's important to you. If you mm-hmm. were if you looked exactly like you like you look right now, and you were the same weight that you are right now, but you felt completely light on your feet, and you could hike, and you could do whatever things you wanted to do, everything that you felt like you wanted to do, you were completely capable of doing that. Then it's not about losing weight; it's about, in this case, you how you move with your body, how comfortable you are to move with your body, and do the things that you want to do. So, is that really at the heart? Of, of what you're thinking, or is is the impact of external uh, approval, disapproval factors more important? And so it sort of forces you to say, I should do something. It's interesting because when you say, well, like for me to to have the added mobility is not possible with extra weight. So to me, the two go the two go hand in hand. I'm, I need to lose weight in order to create that that mobility. Mm. And I have some resistance to the idea of doing all the work to create that mobility and not having the reward of weight loss. Okay. So why is, the, why is weight loss a reward? Because I'm going to look and feel more attractive, more comfortable in my skin. Okay. Okay, more comfortable in your skin. See, that's that's interesting. That more comes from the heart, rather. Well, could come from the head too, but it's it's really something that you feel about yourself as opposed to what other people feel about you. Or are you when you say that I feel more comfortable in my skin? Are you saying that when you are out there with with people that they would be looking at you and thinking about you differently than they than they do now, and therefore you would feel more comfortable? Well, it's interesting, you know, with my friends and my family, I feel very comfortable. I don't feel, mm. I don't feel judged or that they see me differently because I'm overweight. I, I do feel differently in public, but not really, like not a lot. I've never experienced any kind of that I'm aware of any kind of, you know, bullying or name calling or, or anything at my expense. Mm. Never. Mm. Which I've I've often thought to myself, I'm so fortunate because you know people talk about how they get bullied or people say mean things to them about their weight, and that's never happened to me. So, I mean, I I think it's it's just me, right? Like when I see myself in a photograph where I think I'm looking good when the photo's being taken. Like for example, I was just at your house, right? First one in the pool. Mm. And, and at, at 54 degrees, at 54 degrees. And I was pretty proud of myself for that, you know? And then, <laughs> then you guys send me pictures of me in the pool and that is not at all how I see myself. Mm. And it's like a gut punch. It's a total mm. gut punch because 
I don't feel that that's a reflection of who I am. It doesn't feel like it's a reflection of my personality. But then again, like what is? Like who decides what is? Mm-hmm. I guess a reflection of your personality, right? And the gut punch is is it's. I don't think from what you're describing to me, I don't think it's about your values of the way you look. I think it's about what you perceive other people would be perceiving when they look at you. No, it's actually, I honestly think it's what I see when I perceive myself. It's, it's, it's like I see myself and at first I don't even know that's me. And mm. my first thought about that person is, ooh. And then my second thought is, oh crap, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I think when it comes to perception, I care how I look because I want the outside to reflect the inside. Like, on the outside, I look like a frumpy, middle-aged woman who's given up. But on the inside, nothing could be further from the truth. What I find interesting about the stigma associated with being overweight is that those of us who are overweight, we advertise our struggle. Loud and proud. Everyone can see it. We're leaving ourselves wide open to judgment from others. But slim, athletic, hot, normal people have their troubles too, even if they're not on full display. They might desperately need to fit in or to have the approval of others and maybe they struggle with substance abuse or they have problems in their marriage or with their kids their whole life could be falling apart and we'd never know maintaining that image would be to me an unbearable burden so in a way i'm grateful i'm overweight i don't like that it's obvious to strangers that i still have some things to work on but i guess i appreciate the humility and the vulnerability required to walk through the world as a big girl with no place to hide. I honestly think that that from once again referring to the concepts of the community to change model, I don't think you have a really strong, powerful reason to change this. And I think that's why it doesn't change. Mm. Because it's true. I don't have any pressing health concerns or no, no. I don't have anybody in my life who's like, hey, you need to change that because I'm grossed right. out. Right. So, so tying it together with, and you know, I'm obviously speaking also as your dad here. So I know this part of you, but you said it earlier, you, you're an independent person. And so the, the controls that were, that were uh, imposed on you when you were growing up, uh, when you got to be an adult, you said, I'm going to do whatever I want. And so for you then to feel like, uh, can you see that this is even, uh, it's like a continuation of what you experienced as a kid because you were controlled and and put in this environment. Here here are the parameters. This is what you do. You can't cross these boundaries. And and you were the kind that you, you were just cross them just for crossing them. You know, just just right. because. Just the, what's the boundary? Okay, you can't tell me just, what to do. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but this is very normal. You know, it's like when when I'm working with any kind of parent and they're saying to me, I'm having such a problem with my kid. And I'll tell them, listen, kids are, they have to express their independence. They have to express their independence. And the way for them to judge when they're in in the home, in the family, the way for them to judge, uh, you know, am I expressing my independence? The question is, are mom and dad pissed off with me? Because if they are, then I'm doing my own thing. Okay. Mm. So now you're, you're out on your own. You're an adult. You don't have anybody, you don't have those parameters. Now you can, you can push the envelope as far as you want and nobody's going to tell you, Hey, 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 what are you doing? You know? So, so I think that if in, in your thinking, if it's society's 
norms, uh, put that in quotation, that that look at you and say, oh, you're bigger than the average and you should be average. Well, the, your your independent streak in you is going to go, what? I don't care. You know, I don't yeah. care what you think. I'm happy doing what I'm doing now. Why would I want to change anything just because of what you think? Right. Which, which is, that's part of the strength of your personality. But for you, it, it, I don't think you're going to be able to knock this in the head if that's what you want to do until you find a deep personal reason that there, that you want to make this change. When we look at the, the immunity to change model, we look at, okay, so you, you say that you've got this model of things that something that you want to do, but you're doing things that undermine the achievement of that goal. Why are you doing that? Because you have a deeper commitment to the things that you're doing and what you think those things will produce than you have to the goal that you said that you wanted to achieve. So right. I th I think your goal, at least right now, this, this might change, maybe with some introspection, this might change, but I think your goal right now is far more about the external, what other people are thinking or how they're reacting than it is about any need that you feel like you have to change. Actually, I think my com competing commitment is to avoid suffering at all costs. Like, I don't want to know scarcity. I don't want to say no. I don't want, I, you know, I'll sometimes eat a cinnamon bun, let's say, because I love the taste of them. And I'll yeah. eat the whole thing, even though I was full after two bites. But it's because it's indulgent and I deserve it. Okay. So I think for me, it's like, a, if I have to deny myself something, the world is going to spontaneously combust. Okay. So, so here's my suggestion. I would suggest you start with some little experiments. So if you're aware of uh, the cinnamon bun example, so you're aware after two bites, I was fine. Have a third bite and then leave it. And, and then, and then ask yourself just, you know, the next time you have your, your face to face with a cinnamon bun, just try that. They, maybe it took whatever you feel like, okay, you know, I'm full now, but you know, I would go ahead and eat the whole thing. Well, take one more bite, but in doing that, you need to collect the data. If you're going to do the experiment, you have to collect the data. So that means, let me go into some detail. I don't want to bore you with it, but it, it's <laughs> really important because, because what you need to do then you need to think about what was my, and, and journaling about this would actually be ideal. If you, if you said to yourself, what were my thoughts when my dad was saying to me, this is what I should do? Come on, it's a stupid experiment. Why would I do that? Whatever your thoughts were, okay? And then when you're thinking about, okay, so now the next time I can't indulge myself, I've got to stop. I've got to stop myself. How do I feel about that? What are my inner reactions about that? And then when you actually come face to face with the cinnamon bun, what, what happened? Like you may find as you do this reflective process, you might find you come face to face with the cinnamon bun and say, you know what, this particular time, I don't even really want it. That could happen. But let's say you decide that you're going to, you're going to eat it. So you take your bites, however many that is until you feel full now, or you feel like that's enough. So then what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts about stopping? What are your thoughts about taking one more? What are your thoughts about not finishing the cinnamon bun? And how, how are you dealing with that? What's the deep feelings and, and, and emotions that you have going on inside about that? And, and, and so, like I said, if you can journal about those and jot that down, and then you have to think about also, let's say, so, so you, you take the few bites 
and you put the rest aside. How do you feel about doing that? Does that feel like you are denying yourself? Does it feel you are not indulging yourself? And how strong is that feeling? How strong is the feeling of denial? You know, oh man, I just really want to finish that thing. Is, is it like that? Or is it like, this feels good that I could just push it aside and say, I'm not going to finish that. Maybe I'll come back to it later. We'll see. And then w- what do you feel afterwards? Like if that cinnamon bun is sitting now on the counter, uh, are you tempted? Are you, are you drawn toward it? Do you feel like, uh, you know, oh, just one more, just one more until it's consumed? You know, that could happen. And do you feel deprived if you don't finish the cinnamon bun? And if you feel deprived, uh, why would you feel deprived? Because it's probably, probably not about hunger, but it's probably about indulgence or uh, scarcity, a scarcity mentality. And that's another thing that you should be thinking about. Do I have a scarcity mentality when I'm doing this and I control or I, I manage how much that is not limitless, I manage how much, uh, is, is, do I feel like that's scarcity? Because it could be, on one hand, make you feel like that's scarcity. On the other hand, it could give you the, a feeling of uh, disciplined enough that you feel like you're completely in control, which is a different kind of abundant feeling. Hmm. Well, the little experiment sounds like a good idea. Yeah, without committing yourself, these you know, doing things that they just you just want to investigate what's actually going on here. Why do I feel like this? Why am I more committed to having the cinnamon bun than I am to uh, you know, fulfilling the picture that I have of me with less weight for whatever reason? And, mm-hmm. and see, that's the thing about when, when you set the goal, when you put the goal in writing, it paints a picture. If you don't have the picture, you're not going to do the goal. That's that's all there's to it. You can't see it happening. You're not going to do it. So so you you need to have the picture. If you really if you say you really want to do something about about this weight and the way that you look and feel, then you've got to be able to see the picture. If you can't see the picture, and I don't mean the picture like somebody took a picture of you. I mean, you have to see the picture internally. And, and if you, if, if the way that you see yourself, there's just no impetus, there's nothing driving you to say, I really want to change this, then give yourself permission to just be. And actually what happens sometimes when you give yourself the permission to just be, it is what it is. Sometimes that re- actually releases the, the resistance and you, and you end up going like, Wow, I I really want to do this. Yeah, <laughs> it happens. It does happen sometimes. You know, yeah. Like you, we, because resistance is like is like you know if you if you have your hands in front of you and you're putting pressure with your right hand on your left hand and you're not letting it move in terms of position in front of your body, um, that's a bit of isometric exercise. But you're not getting anywhere, and that's what resistance is like. Because when you have resistance, you create the pushback, right? Mm-hmm. So well, I don't want to do that. And right away, there's pushback. So the only way to to eliminate that is to let go. So if right. you let go, now there's nothing to push up against. So it seems like in talking to you that that much of this, uh, of, of what is the issue around this is about other people looking in and, and, uh, and you know, norms of society, all those kinds of things which is that's never going to be a reason for you to make any kind of change. 
No way. Right. It's got to come from inside. Mm-hmm. And if it's not there, it's not there. And that's okay. Yeah, it's hard to accept that something that is a uh, societal ex- like um, standard. Mm. It's okay to choose something different. So, uh, you know, in, in my experience being in Africa, okay, if your wife, if you, if you have an African wife and your wife is uh, skinny or normal size, that means you're not a good provider. <laughs> and, and if your wife, if she's built and she's, you know, she's substantial, that means you provided well for her. So th- that's well, my husband thing. is an excellent provider. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a cultural thing, you see. So uh, you have women there that are that are larger, and they walk around so proud. Be, be, yeah, know, and they don't they don't have an ounce of shame or embarrassment. Are you kidding? They 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 feel like I'm a I'm a well kept woman. Right. Interesting how that can shift. Right. Just based it's, on yeah the societal. It just shows you how much we we adhere to society's definitions for us and how that impacts how we feel and how oftentimes it makes us feel guilty about things that in another society, in another place, at another time, we would not have felt guilty about. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah, I was just watching uh, um, uh, something on Netflix yesterday uh, with uh, Michael Moore. I mean, the guy is like, anyway... It, he he makes good documentaries and he's doing this this thing uh where where is our next war and so he's going to these different uh cultures to see what kinds of things can he can he snatch from them to bring back to america and so he's he's in france and he's looking at at how they feed the kids in the school you know they have this these wonderful meals that they plan out and and he's just he's going like what what i can't believe this you know here's a picture of what our kids get at school. What do you think of this? And these kids are going, <laughs> but anyway, he's in a classroom and it's a sex ed classroom. And she's talking, the teacher's talking about, you know, uh, discovering your sexuality and how uh, you should really consider that your first sexual experience, it's really important. It's important to, to, you know, think about how you're feeling and think about how your partner's feeling. And, um, and so uh, Michael Moore goes like, like we don't talk about this. Like, said, what about abstinence? She, what about abstinence? And she she looks at him with this sort of uh, condescending smile, and she says, "We don't really believe in abstinence." <laughs> <laughs> and I laugh because it's such a cultural difference, you know. Right. And and you think about how much guilt kids in our society have about their sexuality, and if you were in that kind of environment. How there would be so many less opportunities for you to feel guilty about desires, about how you how you're growing, how you're changing. You know, yeah. I'm not advocating for one or the other, but I'm just saying that it's that these things are imposed on us now. And you can right. see in the whole abortion debate that's going on in the U.S. Uh, you know, th- there's so such hard lines are drawn between those two sides, and that's all about somebody's cultural idea of what's right and what's wrong and it sets up the whole grid for guilt and for what is right and what is wrong punishment all of those things you know it's it's amazing how we create these structures and they have nothing more to do with except the things that we've decided are right or wrong yeah so i think for you 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 have to decide for you what's right this is your body like you said, you don't have pressure from anybody that you really care about that you should be different. So 
you've got to have an internal motivation for doing this. And if it's not there, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I think this kind of this idea of what if you just decided that that as you are is is perfect. Mm. It's interesting because I do I do look at other people my size. And sometimes I see I see women with my identical body or what I perceive to be my identical body. Mm. And I think they don't look so bad. Mm-hmm. I like they kind of look cute. Like they found mm-hmm. a way to dress that looks cute and mm-hmm. and I find myself thinking that and then I think so how come I don't get like the same you know, girl, you don't look that bad. Like, or even not even you don't look that bad would be nice if I could just be like, you look cute. Mm. You know, <laughs> embrace that. I mean, sure, it's, 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 it's extra, but yeah, I think, but I, I would like to start there. I, I think you don't get that because you don't think you deserve that inside. Like, you're just, just the way that we've been talking about this, you think there's a problem there. Yeah. Like, like you should be different. You should look different. You should not be the weight that you are. So, so that, that's what you project out. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, you're, you're an outgoing person. So when you get in a, in a situation and you're with friends and stuff, you're not thinking about yourself. But when you step back and think about yourself vis a vis you in that situation, you go, like, I really should, I really should. And, and then your shoulds go on and on. Right. Right. So that's what you're projecting out. And so that's what you get back. You know, your people are looking at you probably and saying, she should lose a little weight or she should, you know, exactly the things you tell yourself because that's what mm-hmm. you're telegraphing. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you were s- sitting there and going like, I should nothing. There's no reason. There's no reason for me right now. You know, my health is good. I mean, you're sitting in my place and doing a blood pressure thing and your blood pressure is down the basement. <laughs> you know, like there's no, there's no, there's no physical reason. Uh, that you should that you should be uh, looking to make a change. So, then, like, why are you wanting to? And and you just and there could be legitimate reasons that you want to. There, I'm not saying there there aren't. There could right. be, but you don't know what they are, and that's not the reason for your motivation for doing something about it. So, it's no wonder that you're not doing anything about it. Right. Yeah, I think honestly, a good first step is it's. Is it's interesting because remember when I went to your class and and I was telling them about you know this 365 j- day journey where I'm right. going to get to be a healthier version of myself and mm-hmm. all the rules that I'd already started out you know <laughs> out with in the first 30 days and they were like why yeah. why why are you being so hard on yourself why are there so many rules and wow that sounds horrible uh, yeah. again you know like this conversation helps me realize that yeah you know I would give everybody else way more grace than I'm right. giving myself. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But I, I, I think we, I think all of us have a hard time giving ourselves the grace mm. that we give to others. Mm. I, I'm, I'm not sure if it's all of us. I, I, I know there are definitely some of us yeah. who can give well, grace. A lot and, of people are like that. Yeah. But it, it reminds me of the other powerful statement that came out of that uh, meeting with, uh, with my class when that person asked you, why would you use scarcity to teach you right, how, how to get yeah. free of scarcity? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's such a good point. Yeah. So, so that that's kind of exactly what I'm saying too. Why, why would you create this need to change when there's there's no need to change that you know of? Right. 
So if you find the reason to change and it comes from your heart space, well, okay, that's a totally different story. And then we'd be having a different conversation, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I would be talking to you if I needed to about how you can connect with that heart space on an ongoing and moment by moment basis so that you you actually then con- can control and manage impulses or or feelings that you need to indulge or whatever, create other ways of indulging, blah, 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 whatever it would happen to be. But until you have a really good reason that comes from your own heart for you to do this, th- there's no point in even trying to work this this direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Cured. I just lost 100 pounds in this session alone. <laughs> Look we'll at me. I'm skinny now. Woo! We'll sweat it out of you. <laughs> but if that helps you to to know to you know understand you've got a few steps that you've got to complete before you can embark on this journey if the, if you decide that you even want to do that yeah well i'm on the journey i'm i'm definitely i'm tr- i'm at the part of the journey where i am really really trying to find out okay what's the root of this so that i can move on and be done with this story Mm-hmm. so whether that means my outward appearance changes or not i just need to be done with this story because it's, right. it's right. on repeat in my brain for 20 years you gotta send yeah 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 exactly and whatever whatever the answer is whatever whatever you settle on that's totally okay right yeah so if you settle on yeah you know i'm gonna drop this this thing that's been bugging me for 20 years and i'm just not going to i'm not going to I don't, I don't need to deal with it. There's no, I have no urgency to deal with it. And I'm so I'm not going to do anything with it. And I'm sure not going to feel guilty. Yeah. I think I'll probably lean more towards the little experiments because I would like to, Mm. I would like to sit with the triggers. I Mm. I've, I realized that triggers is an overused word these days, but I would like to sit with them and kind of Mm. feel the discomfort and, and assess why it's there kind of thing, you know? So for sure, I'd like to push myself a little bit. Um, but at the same time, change the internal dialogue. If I can, I don't know if I can, you know, looking at a picture of myself and going, oh, she's cute. She's got a big booty. <laughs> it's four dimensional, but it's, but it's cute. <laughs> <laughs> As I listen to this conversation, I know progress has been made in the last eight months. Am I still the same size? Yeah, maybe even a few pounds heavier. Do I feel crappy about myself when I look in the mirror? Sometimes, yes, I do. But this is just part of my journey and I have no doubt that it's serving me somehow. I'd love it if you joined me in the Change Evolutionist community chat on Facebook and let me know if this episode got you thinking in a new way about yourself or about others in your life. Are you being kind to yourself? I hope so because you are a beautiful and precious human being just like me. And we need you, just as you are. What did you think of this episode? Head over to the private Change Evolutionist community chat to join the conversation. Find the link in the show notes. We're excited to announce that you can find the Human Being Project on Wisdom, a social media app that promotes authentic connections and meaningful conversations with real people. This is great news for you because it gives you an opportunity to ask a question anonymously and get a voice reply from one of us. Just go to wisdom.app forward slash human being project 
forward slash ask. Type your question and click send. Never miss an episode. Get notification to your inbox when a new episode is released. Download to your device or listen wherever you get your podcasts. To get notifications, go to thechangeevolutionist.com forward slash subscribe. Ron Thiessen is a practicing psychologist and educator. To apply as a guest on the podcast, please visit thechangeevolutionist.com forward slash podcast guest. <laughs>